mama I found someone Like you said would come along He's a sad So unlike Any man I've known I was afraid To let him in Cause I'm not the trusting kind heaven sent and must be out of his mind Mama he's crazy Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us this hour, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. I think I was living in Houston when that song came out. I don't think it was on the, uh, oh God, what's that, what's, what's the movie about Pasadena, Gillies? American... You're the movie buff. Urban Cowboy. Urban Cowboy. I don't think it was on that soundtrack. A lot of songs were that you wouldn't think. But the picture of Winona and her mother, Naomi, uh, from 1984, are obviously from the 80s. Anyway. The big hair gives it away. The Now looking at the, in retrospect, that, that the name of that song was probably apropos for the the the, the players involved. Anyway, I uh, so that was the Judds. Yeah. Okay. You remember, she was uh, the baby sister. Ashley was a sorority sister. Yeah. That you, you can tell some stories about it if you want to. You got any stories? <laughs> I mean, I have a few. Would, I would say she. So the little. The little baby sister became a like a movie star. Yeah, to, and, to some degree, yeah. Well, I mean, she was a yeah. real movie star. So she went. She was a member of your sorority. Correct. At UK. At UK. And of course, she towed the line on everything. <laughs> she was the prototypical. We'll, we'll just let stories stay as stories. It's good. It's all good. I'd hate for people to drag she out. Li- mine. They lived. Uh, the, the family lived out Tate's Creek Road somewhere, didn't they? Out in like a trailer park. Yeah, out like way out, like at Spears, almost to the river. So a lot of people didn't realize that. But no, the favorite. And, the favorite. And Ashley's name wasn't Judd. It was Simonella. Simonella. Yeah, the favorite Ashley Judd story is within the last, I guess, decade. She was in town for a University of Kentucky basketball game, like she used to like to attend. And she was at Kroger's and essentially hitched a ride with these college boys 
wherever she needed to go and laughed. This was, you know, in a, in a time which was it was a little safer to do such. And she laughed later, telling that they had no idea who she was. Who she, who, you know, that she, and she said, don't you know they probably, little ego involved, don't you know they probably said, that was that girl on television <laughs> later. Well, I'll give you one. So my cousin, by marriage, but still I call him my cousin, Bill Morgan, who's going to have the derby party again for the 48th year in a row. The poor man's derby party. In Harlan County, County derby, derby party. party. And we are a sponsor. Okay, so one night about five years ago, it was in June, and he said, what are you doing like tomorrow night? It was like a Saturday, and he said, "We're a bunch of us are going to Churchill Downs, which has nighttime racing in June. And the big feature was the Stephen Foster. That's like a $750,000 race. So I said, okay, come on, I'll go. A bunch of us went down there. Well, one of the people with us is Chris McCarron. Chris McCarron's been on this show twice. Chris McCarron's won like the Breeders' Cup Classic three or four times. He's a jockey. Yeah. And he's a work Hall of Fame jockey in spades. So we're standing around uh, inside at Churchill, and it's pretty full. I mean, they get a lot of people over there for those summer night races, especially on the weekend. And all of a sudden, this kid comes walking up. He's probably in his 20s. And he comes up to Bill, because Bill had on the blue sunglasses. He says, wow, are you the guy that sits behind the Kentucky bench wearing those blue sunglasses? You know, and he's asking him for his autograph and all this. And here is one of the top jockeys in the last century standing right there. Kid has no idea who he is. He's asking Bill Morgan for his autograph. Yeah, it is, it's funny. Opportunity lost. Yeah, I know. What, it's it's like, what's are like, you Tom Dupree that's on the radio? Oh, wow. Well, it's like you see a really tall guy and you're thinking, you know, is that a, is that a basketball player? You know, like a long lean. You know, if you see Chris McCarron, you, you naturally, I mean, he's a very small, fit man. Jockey. Jockey. It's, he screams jockey. Now, I knew a girl that went to Sayre, and let's just say she was tall. Let's say she was approaching six feet. Real cute. Real pretty. She married a jockey. She had to have been a good seven inches taller than her husband. And I don't know if they're still married or not, but I do know she married a guy a lot shorter than her. Anyway. All right. I married a guy a lot taller than me. Jeremiah chapter 29. This is in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. Jeremiah was a prophet. At the time he wrote this, the Israelites had been exiled into Babylon, which they were there for 70 years. This is the 29th chapter, the fourth verse. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into ex exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, 
Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. He's saying pray for Babylon, even though that's not your hometown, and that you're being enslaved there. Still, pray for it. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. And I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Now, this is the verse that everybody quotes. 29, uh, Jer- Jeremiah 29, chapter, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope, but he says this prophecy to people who are basically enslaved in a city far from their home against their own will. And he actually says, I sent you there. Why? Because Israel had turned so far away from the Lord, from their God, and had become essentially apostate and, you know, this was what happened to him. So, speaking of apostasy, I'm sure Missy's got something. Well, let's. Uh, hey, wait a minute. I want to talk about you. Were we were talking before we got on air about uh, the Fox News settlement, the defamation, uh, seven what seven hundred eighty-seven point five million dollar when Dominion sued Fox News, right. saying okay. And we were you were asking me how I thought about it. it just well, I think that's relevant, just because it's a perfect segue to what we were going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that you have to understand nowadays is that the things that are made for theater are not always as they seem. So we see that there was this settlement of $787 million. We don't know if that kind of money is going to change hands or not. The other thing is that there's nothing in the nature of a settlement. Settlements happen all the time. They have nothing to do with the truth. They are a deal made between two parties who quite frankly the the only reason they do it is to avoid litigation to avoid a drawn out trial where fox could decide to fight this thing and spend another 200 million dollars in legal fees and they might win and they might not but so what that's what we were talking They're about. They're ready to turn the page. So they settle and they write a check, or maybe they don't write a check. I don't know. It could be, you know, who knows. But now all of the outlets are saying 
Fox settled over their fraudulent uh, news. No, that's this. The nature of the settlement does not mean that what they said was wrong. It just means that they thought Dominion had enough things that could make it hard for them to contest, and they didn't want to fight it. And now the president of Dominion is going out there saying, uh, this was good for democracy. Right. All, all Whenever any talking head says this is good for democracy, you know you're being sold something because um, – and, and another thing that this tells me, which um, – I don't think I'm going to say this. It doesn't give me much hope for what will happen in 2024, despite what it looks like. Unless there's a breakthrough, something happens. The, the, the one thing that, that you have to understand is that life is full of surprises. You know, what God says in Jeremiah there, that he says the Babylonians didn't come and take you. I sent you there, although it looked like the Babylonians came and took them hostage. But it's like, no, this is something I allowed to happen to you. We can look at the predicament we're in as a country and say, oh, this all just happened. How nasty. How awful. We don't have any control. That's if you look at it from the point of view that there is no God, there is no higher power, there's no guiding hand for America or any other nation in the world, and that we have no control over the events and we're just plain screwed and we can't do anything about it. But... If you look at it, and I'm not saying I do this all the time, but I, I, I have hung around certain things and places over the years enough and paid attention to what I think is a spiritual approach to life. Is it always? I don't know. You don't know if it's spiritual sometimes till you look in hindsight and see where you've been and where you're going. At the time, it just feels like, pure drudgery, disappointment, heartbreak, betrayal, and ignominy. But in as you look back on it, and, and what I see is there is a guiding hand I know in my life. I, I have absolutely no doubt about it. I see some of the things that I've been saved from and brought into. Now, does that happen to countries? Does it happen to uh, groups of people? Is it, does it only happen to individuals? Or can it happen to countries? Well, I think it can happen to countries. So if you look at America as the lost cause that it seems to be today, naturally you would uh, feel, um, you know, disappointed. But I have seen people that had to go beyond lost cause status that something happened to and brought them back. I mean, if you read, I'll give you an example, read Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book and the story of Bill Wilson. These are stories, and there's lots of stories like that, of people who had pretty much destroyed their own lives 
and somehow they were granted some kind of miraculous reprieve. And it's about the only way you can describe it. Well, I actually, I would agree with you all on that. Um, I think that this lawsuit seems to me to be part of a very well-orchestrated play to pre-convince a large number of people that Dominion voting, the voting machines are fair, good, and on the up and up. And well, there's just, not a hell of a lot we can do about it anyway because they use them in right. most places. Well, because it does kind of remind me a little bit of, uh, you know, and to, to your point of, you know, is, is, is all hope lost? Are we just, uh, are we fighting a, um, a losing cause? Is, is there, is there this, you know, is there just sense of hopelessness? Um, and that, that is a subject I wanted to talk about. Um, we may have to hit that in the second, second half. Um, but interestingly, it kind of reminds me a little bit of going back and, you know, there's, there's some new personalities that are on the stage these days. And there's some information that is, is out and people are talking about. They're not, they don't have their heads in the sand anymore. They are not unaware. There may be some people, but there is a growing population of people who are aware of what's going on. And, that, and I mean that in corruption in government plans. So I mean, if you even think about this, I was watching a video, which was pretty funny, 2016, the global elites made a huge mistake in underestimating Donald Trump. Huge mistake about how many votes they thought it would. You know, they, I don't think they thought he, it would happen in 2016. So who's the one they're underestimating now? Well, hold, hold on, hold on. Because, Come on. But, but, but Spit let me, it but, out. Let me back up to the Dominion thing. That's okay. what I'm trying to talk about is that so when Trump went to de- he was invited to Davos, you know, to the World Economic Forum in 2020. And he, I, I watched this again three times uh, last week. Donald Trump gives this massive MAGA finger up in the air to the World Economic Forum. And I'm and all, and literally saying all the radical socialists, all the climate change boohoos will not hold the U.S. hostage for a shell of an argument of climate change. I, I watched it several times. So it's like he, I mean, he, he doesn't, he is crystal clear. You, you will not hold the U.S. hostage. And he alluded that the entire movement was all about a power play and it was about control and it was not about climate change and you were not going to control the United States of America. Right. Two days later, weirdo George Soros goes on a all-out offensive warning people saying that the result of the United States election for presidency would determine the fate of the world within a month not even actually not even a month. It was like three and a half weeks. You had Jeffrey Sachs, Mr. American Economist, sitting next to Vatican representatives, and then Pope Francis coming out saying, quote unquote, it is a dangerous country if Trump wins a re-election. Quote unquote. Trump is temper is a temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020. I mean, I don't even know how much clearer that you can look at what happened in 2020 in that election. Trump is a he's a capitalist. He's not a globalist. I think you would agree with that. He declared, and then he actually declared in a 2019 See, speech. Well, okay, 
But here's what I think. I think Trump's just puts on his pants like everybody else and that those people, it's like Rand Paul. He figured out a twist on things that's going to get attention. I think Trump is not as radical as some people think. I think he takes radical stances, but I think he's just kind of like everybody else. He just, he's a salesman. He shot straight for, I I know he did. And, and I, I support what I, I I happen to think that this new guy that you're going to talk about, are you going to talk about him next? Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be in the next thing? I guess. Are you watching the time? Yeah, I'm watching the time. (laughs) Okay. The the point that I'm trying to make is Trump's a salesman. Sure. He's a hell of a salesman. He'll take either side of the deal. And he found out that they were all leaning one way and he leaned the other. Here's why. Here's what I know about Trump. Day after October 19th, 1987, stock market goes down. 22%. 22%. All the major brokerage firms are like deer in the headlights. Trump comes out and says, I'm buying today. He didn't have any money to buy because all his money was tied up in trying to take over American Airlines. But he comes out and says it anyway. Why? It's like it's a checkpoint in his history of what he of pronouncements that he's made. And that's what I think part of that was. Now, I don't disagree with you on the other stuff. Well, It'll be interesting to, to see. Go. No, we're, we're You're listening to the Tom away. Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. I had other things to say, but I'll say them at the beginning of the next segment. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes. He's crazy over me. My name is Tom Dupree. Rarely in my time in the investment business, Have I seen the kind of opportunity I see today? I'm talking about interest rates, which I believe will be going significantly lower in the next 18 months. I believe it's time to lock in longer-term rates now. Short-term rates on money market funds, bank accounts, and CDs can drop dramatically when rates begin to decline. Don't be lulled into complacency. It's time to invest to establish your yields for the long haul. At Dupree Financial Group, we specialize in retirement investing. Let us help you by calling 859-233-0400 and setting up a complimentary meeting with us to examine your investment portfolio. Listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com.
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Missy Clifton, our host, Tom Dupree, and we're powered by Dupree Financial Group. While I have the microphone, I want to, if you're a loyal listener to the Tom Dupree Show, you have noticed that our segments have been airing out of order. We work really hard to put a good product out there, and we wanted to let you know what has been going on that we finally gotten to the bottom of. The station has had a software glitch that has been causing the segments to misfire for some very strange reason. We apologize for that, and we will continue. And we hope this segment's airing in order, because it's usually, the it's, a lot of times it's the second half of the hour that's getting messed up. But we appreciate you listening, as always, and we are going to continue to put together a good product. And you and can email Tom if you hear it. It's the wrong way. Right. <laughs> T. Dupree at DupreeFinancial.com. Oh, we'll we'll send it straight you. to the station. Yeah. It's, it is, uh, it's been a very frustrating thing, but we hope we've gotten to the bottom of it. And That's all. It's over to you, Tom. So that was Mrs. Garth Brooks. I didn't know that she was from North Georgia. Uh, and went to school at Young Harris College. And, uh, you know, I just play different things. I think her real name's Trisha Yearwood. Uh, and, uh, I think and, that's her stage name as well. Yeah, anyway. So, okay, let's go back to this thing about political leadership. Quite frankly... I believe, as I read the Bible, I believe that God is interested in government, but I'm not sure how interested he is in politics. The sad thing about this country is that in order to get into a place of government, you got to go through politics to get there. And governing means... I mean, if you look back at Moses, he was trying to make all the decisions and then he kind of delegated some of the responsibility to some of the other people and it never worked out very well. Governing is a hard thing to do. There's no upside to it. If you do it right, you're doing it for the love of it. People have figured out how to become wealthy doing it and the less they do, the more money they make because well, just look at Mitch McConnell. And uh, so it's it's become thoroughly corrupted. I think that it was uh, sure that it always would be. Now, what do you want to talk about? Because you I want to get to what's his name. Right, right. But, but first, so okay. So let me let me ba- let me back up. Make the make the statement, and then you. Where can are you backing up from? And to. I want to talk about Robert F. Kennedy That wasn't Jr. backing up. That's going forward. Well, no, it, it is kind of because where I wanted to go with this is that he made a speech March, I think it was the 8th, 5th, something like that. Anyway, early, first week of March. Um, this is before he decided to run for presidency. 
and I want to talk about why I think that's kind of really interesting to me. Um, but he made a speech at Hillsdale College, and, and you can speak pretty eloquently about Hillsdale College. It was probably one of the most um, spectacularly um, attended speeches that, that uh, Hillsdale had. Okay. Hillsdale College. What, what the Hillsdale College is in Hillsdale, Michigan. It takes about five hours to drive there from here. Southern Michigan. I went up there. Uh, with my friend Boone uh, uh, Logan for a uh, – they have, believe it or not, one of the best uh, sporting clays and trap courses in of any college anywhere. Really? Yeah. It's, I didn't know that. It's pretty awesome. They have all these different sporting clays. Um, the little town, it's just – I think you kind of – Go up I-75, and then you cut over kind of into Indiana, and then you cross the line, and you're there. Um, it's a great place, and but, uh, it's very conservative. Very conservative. And, yeah. and let's, I mean, just a little bit, um, you know, as a university and a college over the last, you know, trying to navigate the BS over the last three years and all the, yeah, you know, they've, they've been, they, they said, no, thank you. And, and they did, I don't think they took the money. Did they, did, were they, were they under the, they've never taken government money. Right. And that's the piece. You so know, they another did, thing I noticed when Chad and I went up to DC to go to the, uh, uh, visit AGNC, we had to take the uh, the metro out to um, Bethesda. It's a it's a subway. Down in the subway, Hillsdale College has banners. They advertise in the DC metro about studying government at Hillsdale College. So I think they have maybe a mobile campus or distant campus at in DC. In DC. And and I think you can study there. So Well, mine th- they're my- taking the game to the That's place great. where you got to take it to. Well, they have a they have a list. You can actually go on their website and see who's invited to speak there and uh and it's it's you know it's pretty it's a pretty star-studded and, and a lot of people who've been censored, um, but, you know, yeah. some real, real Larry heavyweights. Larry Arn is the president, A-A-R-N-N. I met him, good guy. He's from Arkansas originally. He likes to shoot. I mean, you know, he's, you know, but they're uh, they're all about raising money, believe me. Well, but, his speech, back again, his speech in early March um, at Hillsdale College was just on fire. And I have to say. His, this is Joe Kennedy's. Speech. Robert Kennedy. Robert so he's Kennedy. got spasmodic dysphonia. He has a very difficult, and and I don't. If you listen to him, you're like, what's wrong with his voice? He sounds so weak. He has spas, spasmodic dysphonia, but I do not think that it dis, it diminished his message at all. You have new word creation <laughs> thing. Diminished. Dis- did, did I say dismiss? Yeah. It, dimin- you, you it did could, not. Excuse me. It did not dismiss. It did not diminish. Diminish. I just combined two words. Create new words. I, I've, I've done that my, my whole life. <laughs> it did not diminish his message. Is my point. 
I'm, I'm, I'm glad we I'm can laugh. I'm jacking with you. I'm glad we can it? laugh. Okay. All right. And his main message. <laughs> and I think it's kind of cute, actually. It, if anybody doesn't know, um, he was the author of the I, real I don't mean Anthony Fox. Okay, go ahead, we're moving go ahead, on. Go ahead. He was the he was the author Attractive of the real Anthony Fauci, um, which sold over a million copies. I will say and this: given him some people who have glitches in the sort of the learning pattern and are a little bit altered have viewpoints on things that are unlike. You know, they say about people that have Asperger's or ADHD or dyslexia or all sorts of things that would sort of impede their quote normal function are you implying me no no i'm talking about no, all he's kinds talking of people. about me <laughs> no okay even even people that are considered addictive for instance they have things that other people don't have they they have a way you look at a lot of people that have started businesses these are not normal folks. Who, who are we talking about here? I'm talking about him. Talk about I'm, I'm talking Robert. about people that have, you know. No, that have, he's got, he, he's like, he, he talks like this. I, it, I'm, it's not what I, I'm not saying okay. that. It's, it's, I mean, it's people a, it's that have medical. had to overcome impediments okay. 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 have just, sometimes yeah. had okay. really things. All right, go well, ahead. Just, he's not that, he's not that great, you know, Orton, uh, you know, uh, orator. He's not, you know, he doesn't come out and this is the way it is. Orton is the name or, of a guy that Orton, played no, football. Ortund, O R T U N D, Ortund. Okay. What is that? Yeah, well, let's let's let's. Yeah, look I at, don't think that's a word. Yeah, it is. No. Yeah, it is. I'm oh, gonna look that sucker. Well, right. all right. Well, let's let's just. Uh, if it is a word, I stand totally correct. Ortund. Oratund, O-R-O-T-U-N-D. That's a hell of a word. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And imposing. That's beautiful. Thank you. Full I've never round, seen that word. Thank you. Right, that's anyway. really good. Okay. What I was, didn't know that word. What was he saying? He was saying that the reaction to COVID was medically irrational, that the first two things that a, our corrupt government did was to censor conversation and stop people from gathering to discuss what was going on, including worshiping. And th- he, he hits it hard, and he just says it made no sense. It made no sense at the time. It was based off of fear that was irrational. Um, and, you know, you it's know, interesting. There's a church nearby. We actually park over there. I won't give the name. Everybody in and around that church still is wearing a mask. It's interesting. You see more masks these days in religious settings than, I mean, you know, almost more than you see in a hospital. You know, it's crazy. I don't get it. I mean, Bangladesh study. I mean, it's like I, was, I, I could list, I literally could list like three studies that are of interest. All right. At any rate, so why am I even interested in, you know, the fact that, that uh, that he is he's announced his candidacy, you know, to run as Democrat for the position of president. It's because I think he's a real Democrat, Tom. I actually I don't think he's some leftist so you know psychopath. He's he's like one of the old school blue dog Democrats. Right. Is the way is the way I see him. I mean, he has had a he has had a. I mean, a, a very nice career as an environmental attorney, which I will have to say. What is his position now? He's an, he's an environmental attorney. Of, he's, he's taken, he's Monsanto, you know. The, Is he uh, a senator or a congressman right now? No, I don't believe so, no. Um, you sure? Yeah. I wish, my point is, is I wish that he would focus more on pollution. 
He and was not a climate, con- or, not or, climate or, or, change. Am I thinking of Joseph? You're thinking of Joe Kennedy. Yeah. But at any rate, I, I am. I personally, for me, I'm almost a single issue voter these days. If yeah, he's a lawyer. Medical I he was a real medical freedom. Medical freedom. Medical freedom. Uh, uh, you know, not this. Um, you know, because if you look back and you think about that pharma with the help of a corrupt government with a global elite agenda, yeah, held the world hostage for three years almost. And you know what? They've imprinted I, I, it on a lot of people that that aren't really critical thinkers that just simply go along, get along. There's a, a class of people in this country, lots of them, millions, that are always going to wear a mask in every situation. You were talking about the people where you live that we're talking about. You know, it's it just, just makes so, them feel better. It, it just that's makes what they them feel better. They said. wear a mask because it's it makes them feel better. I saw people... Well, anyway. Well, okay. So let me let me let me let me get to so if so when when he gets here's what I think is so kind of neat about him running is that it is an it would be a very curious and very interesting opportunity to watch him debate in a televised stage because all of a sudden he's going to bring up talking points that his competition his you know the other, the other candidates will have a hard time discussing he's going to he's not going to shy away from very difficult subject matter in the last 3 years that involves FBI CIA FDA all of the letter agencies i think it will be a very fascinating discussion to be able to watch him and watch the debate. Because I think that I think people will have a very difficult time debating him. You know, uh, I don't know. As I said, the, his, the his world stance is so on, screwed up. His, his stance on COVID vaccinations is enough to drive the left. Baz- I mean, literally. Well, here's bizarre. another, here's another thing. I got this. Let's just say I got this from a, a politician that we know who's been in a hearing. So here's, here's a guy who's supposed to be up in DC making, you know, looking at the American stuff. He's just been in a hearing on Russian war crimes. And one of these, uh, People from Ukraine said, the only way we, the Ukrainian people, can vindicate the victims of Russian war crimes and achieve our dream of living in freedom on our land is to eject the occupiers, and we cannot do that without the help of the U.S. military. Here we go. We want justice. As of March 28, there have been 19,514 verified cases of Ukrainian children being forcibly deported to Russia. I happen to know a guy who's involved in trying to repatriate these things, but it's, he's not doing it as a member of the government. He's, he's got a private foundation. Now, it's switching gears, but That's it's right. the same kind of thing. The idea that a group of our congressmen right now and senators 
need to be focused on what's going on in Ukraine with as many things that are falling apart in this country right now. Absolutely. Is the only reason they can be doing that is to in some way justify all the money they've already thrown down the rat hole. And now it's preparing them to basically say, and they are taking Orders now from the Ukrainians are saying that the only way we can cast these people out is to get the U.S. military involved. And they're going, I guess they're right. We're going to have to get involved. So now you know that the military-industrial complex with all its weapons has to go out there and use its stuff every now and then, and here's going to be their chance. This is where the war is going to start. And they're, and I'm being told this by one of our congressmen. It diverts everything away from the you-know-what show that they've made here of our, monet, of our money, all the Russia um, sanctions that are backfiring you're seeing the de-dollarization nobody gives a crap about the border you're not hearing about it from either side nothing oh let's go start let's go get involved in a war and then you've got carrie lake that just came out saying that they've had this little girl that they found at the border set she had they found was it 67 different dna she had been sexually abused 67 times at the border that, that was Carrie Lake just. Yeah, I mean, Carrie Lake's tr- going to try rate, to run for but, Senate. But she's still, she's still, she's she, still trying to champion minutes. the. She's still ch- trying to champion the border and the issues at the border, and, and right. that, that's just well, that, she that's, lives on the border. That and, was and yesterday's news. So the thing news. is, they they are mesmerized. Look at all the money we've thrown into Ukraine, and now you know what we're going to have to go send the American military, and they will not answer questions now as to how many military personnel are already involved. The whole thing, you know, all I can tell you is they're all fighting on the same side. It doesn't matter if they've got an R or a D in front of their name. They're all doing the same thing now, except for some people who just aren't buying it. Well, that's, Not many. That's all I'm saying is I am hopeful that, that, that with new questions, new concerns, new faces. And I'm not saying that that I'm, you know, completely that I think Kennedy's the right person. What I'm I'm hoping for is I believe that he has enough uh support even on the conservative side just like, I mean, I'm just talking about leeway if you will to you know to talk that if he can get past like the network censors and and be able to stand on stage and be able to, you know, get good face time that he would stir up a lot of good trouble and right. ask good questions. And of course I handed you a, a, a piece of, um, you know, a little news piece talking about how uh, the recent media buzz is that they want to get the first late, you know, former first lady, Michelle Obama to enter the 2024 presidential race, that, that maybe she would have a better opportunity to sway and energize the democratic party as opposed to the, um, you know, President, current President Biden's reelection, right? And and an interesting thought. And I, I just it think doesn't matter if they can, 
if they can game the votes, it doesn't matter who they elect. Biden could come back in four more years. It's fine. You know, we'll get him in there. And they'll just look the other way like they do now. Okay, I'm quiet. Oh, wow. (laughs) You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. Even if the radio station manages to change our segments around, you can always find the original version and the real version at DupreeFinancial.com. We post the podcast after they air on the radio, correctly or incorrectly. Ours are correct on the website. So go there. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the Tom Dupree Show with the Financial Hour. Stay tuned.